And welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. My name is Bobby. I'm here with Mike. And uh, that is the first time that I've ever said howdy in my entire life. So how did I do? Did I do okay? It made me laugh. I was was not (laughs) expecting you to do that. (laughs) Yeah, so today's a little bit different. The last couple of episodes, we talked about building a team. And we talked about building how I built the Millennial Money Man team and how we built LE. Just kind of hiring people in that whole process. So today we're going to kind of turn it around, and I'm going to interview Mike about his his agency. How long have you been running your agency full time? I was going to say that, and then I realized I can't remember how many years it's been. Over five. I wasn't doing it full time before Cooper was born because I was still working as an attorney when he was born. Right. But I was just putting in so many hours into it. It was my main thing before he was born. But I also still had this little online fitness business. I just had somebody helping me run it. And then I had my career. So, so I would say it probably about five years full time with nothing else going on other than like raising children. Right. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're going to talk about that today and I'm just going to ask questions about really how you built it and you know what that process looked like. So could you just give us an overview right now? Like what does the business look like? What does the team look like? What are you guys doing? Like what, what is the, the general state of the union right now? Yeah. So Currently, we are our agency is working 100% with online business clients. And that's really just since COVID happened. When everything started to lock down, we had actually about a 50% drop in revenue from clients leaving. Like I remember like the first month or so, I was like, oh man, I'm like not, it's everything's going pretty well. And then it was like people started dropping like flies. We've completely replaced all of that business. But like, for example, you know, we had a good chunk of local businesses, particularly gyms, and all of them are not advertising currently. Although I expect a couple of them to start advertising again this month, they just started opening back up and they're planning to start advertising now. So, so that's like right now, everything that we, everyone we work with, they're a coach or a course creator or some sort of consultant, you know, like coach, consultant, course creator. And we're helping to grow their audience, bring in new leads, help them sell their products and services. So it's fun. I mean, that's the work I enjoy the most. But that, So that's kind of the, the work we're doing. So our team's actually pretty small right now. The team has changed a lot over the years. And I've had more or less people on the team, depending on what's going on. But currently, we've got more of a small team. It's myself. And then we have two ladies from the Philippines, Catherine and Liza, who work full-time. And they're on the service delivery side of things. So... I'm more handling the client facing, communicating with the client, developing the strategy and that sort of stuff. They're doing more around making sure the ads are performing well, creating the ads, creating funnels, automations, all the things that go with it, uh, reporting, all of that kind of stuff. There's also Erin, who is kind of like my brain manager, assistant. She She's on the LA team too and has a much bigger role on the Laptop Empires team, but she kind of helps me with my inbox or when 
clients are asking about something or scheduling appointments and just helping me kind of keep some of that kind of stuff organized. So it's it's kind of nice, you know, we've got right now, you know, we have a smaller client roster, a smaller team, everybody's really good at what they do. You know, when I go on vacation, they're able to just really, you know, I kind of, we lay out a plan and they're able to execute it. This summer, I went to Nebraska with our family for like a little family get together and was gone for a full week, maybe a little longer. And they, I mean, they handled everything. I barely signed on for maybe 30 minutes <laughs> while I was gone. And so that was really nice. So, so yeah, I think that that's it for structure and kind of what we're doing. So yeah. as far as clients go, cause I just want to give people kind of the picture um, you historically have kind of worked with gyms and then that's kind of shifted recently with the COVID stuff. And now you're doing more online clients, but where, like, where are your clients? Like what kind of, we talk about this in the Facebook side, as of course, oh, a lot okay. of people ask this question, but like, where, mm-hmm. who are you working with and where are you working with? So I guess first to kind of clarify, cause I got into advertising because I had an online fitness business. And so that was initially who I was helping were other online fitness business owners that wanted to see what, how I was doing, what I was doing and landing clients. And then that led to me finding local advertising, which is way easier. So I started working with gym owners, but also chiropractors, um, photographers. I did some real estate. Like I did a little bit of everything. Eventually we kind of specialized down into kind of two distinct groups, which was this kind of coach and consultant group and gyms. And so the online coaches, consultants, course creators, and even bloggers from now and from time to time, that's probably always been the bulk of the business. And then the, I would say the gyms were maybe 30% or so. Right now, it's definitely <laughs> obviously way more slanted to the online business side because of things going on, but all of those local people are starting to come back. But a lot of my referrals these days are more in the online space as well. So that's like probably going to get to a point eventually where that's exclusively what we do because it's what I enjoy and that's where I'm getting the most referrals and things. But we have clients all over the world. And one of the things people always talk about, you know, when they're thinking about starting this is like, well, I live in a small town or I live in this country. Can I do this? And the thing I always tell people is I've had one time where I worked with a client in Texas and I basically gave him his money back and stopped working with him within a week or two because he was such a jerk. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> want to work with him anymore. Right. So even though I live in Texas, that was my one experience with a Texas client. I've had clients on five continents now. So obviously there's no one advertised to in Antarctica and I haven't had a client in South America, but I've had clients in Africa and Europe and Asia in uh, you know North America. So I mean, really like all over. Currently, we've got people in Europe, the U.S., and Africa. So, you know, they're kind of all over the place and I'll do, you know, slightly different things. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, we're, it's all, it's all remote. I just, I mean, I communicate with people via email, run their ads. And, uh, I mean, if you're, <laughs> you can kind of hide behind your keyboard. I was talking to somebody about this the other day that like, if you're an introvert, like it's not a big deal because like I'm an extrovert, but I also, you know, don't really like talking to people all the time because I just don't have a ton of time. And so like, I don't like to do calls and things. And so I'm pretty much able to just hide behind my computer, get work done, talk to my team. And, uh, you know, my clients talk to me via email and that's it. Yeah. So for you, I've just, because I've seen your business kind of evolve, like it's, it, your business seems like it stayed the same, but also kind of evolved in that, like you do less because I feel like when we first started working mm-hmm. together, you were like in ads manager a lot and doing a lot more stuff. And I feel like you've over the probably two, three years have like really passed off a lot of responsibility to the team. So mm-hmm. at what point did you, 
I'm sure at some point you were doing this like completely by yourself, right? Like that's how you started out. At what point did you start to go, I need help? Because I know that you've talked about that story a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. but it would be interesting to see like, what was that transition of going from like just you probably overwhelmed, like just like every, I feel like online business owner goes through this like story of being overwhelmed to hiring your first full-time person to start doing stuff. Like what did that look like? So I did it by myself as long as I could. So I think I had 15 clients that I was managing before I hired help. And I think a lot of people consider about 10 clients to be kind of full-time. Right. And 50, I was probably working a little more than I should. I had at that point already gotten to where I was, I was starting. I was being very specific in what I worked with. So a lot of, like I said, there were kind of like, there's kind of two types of clients that we worked with. And so I had a lot of systems and templates and things in place that helped me be more efficient. When I finally hired somebody, I, I hired, you know, Alex Mullen, who's a fit pro turned copywriter. And he had taken a course that I'd put out and he had done very well with it. And I brought him on to help. And uh, he was part-time, but he was creating ads and all of that kind of stuff. But man, I waited way too long to hire. I think we talked about this in the previous episode, one of the previous episodes, but I probably waited six months to a year too long to hire somebody. And then I really struggled to give up control to him, like of things. And I've always struggled with that. Like, it's just very hard to like give up work, delegate work. Um, But in addition to that, I'd also gotten what I believed to be some really poor advice about building a team prior to hiring, which was that you should create operating procedures and systems and, you know, checklists and things for everything that you do in your business before you hire somebody. And that was one of the reasons I didn't hire for a long time. So I was trying to put those together. I just didn't have time. And so eventually I was given the advice of just like, why don't you just hire somebody and then have teach them and have them do it? Right. And that worked really well. That's how I do everything now, right? When I'm training somebody, I teach them how to do it. I record a video. They go turn it into a written procedure. I check it over, answer their questions. They modify it, get it updated. And then they go try and do the work using that. Um, and we just improve that system. And so that was huge. Like that helped us to kind of move forward. And I always recommend that from people because that, that really held me back. But from there, we went. Um, eventually, I hired Catherine and another lady, Gessie, that were on the team and were helping create ads and those sorts of things. And I was still an ads manager a good bit. I still am, you know, but not not as much. It's definitely, I've definitely pulled back. But um, eventually I wanted to step back even further. And I've had this whole journey of like stepping back too far and then getting back into the weeds too much and then stepping back again and back and forth. And I'm just, it's taken time of like too far out, too far in, back and forth to kind of find, you know, a balance. But I eventually hired uh, my friend Tega to come in, he wanted to learn more about the business and to do for himself. And I needed help with kind of managing things and clients and all of that. So he came in in like a management role of analyzing campaigns, determining what changes needed to be made, handing those things off to the service delivery team for them to then go execute. And I was able to step way back. And he ended up staying with me for quite a long time, like a lot longer than we'd originally discussed. He's left and now Catherine is more stepping into that role. She's doing a lot more of the analysis and making decisions and, and all of that now that she's been with me as, as long as she has. So that's you know really great. If you want to step out in this, like somebody has to be analyzing the data and making a decision about what to do. And um, but you have to train them, you know, you have to do all of that. And then there's certain things like, uh, you know, this from like when we work on things like 
I can look at something and go, oh, okay, we need to make this change or let's try this. This might work. You know, this isn't working. So this will. And there's just so much stuff when it comes to advertising that I do instinctually. I just do it on instinct. And so it's hard to like teach that. And so I had a conversation with Catherine recently where I was like, hey, you know, if you see a problem, like, you know, the general, like, if this is the problem, this is the thing that we do, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the thing I would do. Like, if you have an idea, test it out because everything with advertising, it's about, at least with Facebook, it's like, throw something out there, see if it works. And if it works great, if it doesn't, then you try again. It's like, even if you do something that isn't what I would do, it's still going, you know, okay, we'll find out, you know, and I can always come to you and say, well, okay, hey, I might not have done that. I would have tried this, but let's see what happens. And then the next time, you know, now you have that feedback of, hey, okay, I can try this idea that Mike had. Um, But so, and even I struggle with that still too, like of, you know, there's probably more I need to teach her and, you know, training around or, or do better, but it's just, it's kind of very organic because, you know, there's life and we have another business and I've got kids and there's <laughs> all this craziness going on in the world. So you just kind of just try and get a little bit better and answer your team's questions and step out of more and more things and give everybody more and more responsibilities over time. And it's just, it's a very organic thing. Yeah. So when it comes to like actually bringing on the team, I want to talk about your team a little bit more mm-hmm. and like how, how you found them <laughs> specifically. Cause that's one of the big questions that I think we see a lot is like people want to hire their first person. And you know, there are different ways to do it. There are different people you can hire. And we've kind of talked about that in previous episodes, like, you know, how do you hire people? But you decided to go overseas and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, get people from the Philippines, uh, which has worked out extremely well. I think, you know, I, I have uh, mm-hmm. a few people from the Philippines that work in my business and it's awesome. Um, I know you do, too, obviously, and it's worked out great. So like, how did you decide to go that route? Well, I went that way because I was looking at, you know, what do I want my business to look like? And so I, you know, I've talked before about how I hired Gary. Um, and I I looked at, he, yeah, he does look like Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) He looks exactly like Alec Baldwin. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, but he's a guy, he's in Australia and he was in a lot of communities with me and I saw him and he worked with, the same kind of clients and he had the team and it was the business I wanted to build. So I reached out to him and I hired him to, to show me, you know, how to do what he was doing. And um, he'd walk me through kind of the options. And, you know, he had said, I have workers from, you know, overseas that do all of this and I train them the way I want to do it. And, uh, you know, and it, it made sense to me. Right. And it's really, it was one of those things like, you know, I could have some people that were working full time that I had to teach and then they could, you know, do all of this kind of stuff um, or, you know, but the big difference is, I mean, because everyone on my team speaks incredible English and writes incredible English, but, yeah. you know, but I think that's something people worry about, but it's not too big of a worry, but I knew I wanted to keep the client facing part right? Like I wanted to be the one communicating with my clients and doing the more high level strategy stuff because I enjoyed that. Right. And so I didn't need to have somebody that could be in that client facing role. And so, you know, he had kind of point out like, Hey, you can get some people full time from overseas that can help, or, you know, you could get somebody that's basically a digital marketer that already knows how to do this stuff that can basically just do the work. You know, you're paying them to do the work and there's, you know, somebody could basically run the show or you could have um, part-timers, you know, like hire freelancers or white label type stuff or things like that. And for me, I wanted to do the strategy and have the client, you know, and talk to the clients and have people that were working full time that could help me with 
everything and like delivering and, you know, the service delivery part of the business. And so I just identified what parts do I want. And I didn't want freelancers that had other clients, you know, or were doing part-time. I just wanted people that were focused on our work that we were doing and were working when I was working. And there's different ways you can go. And I think just that's kind of the big thing is like, if you're thinking about this, you can go, okay, do I want to have generally, like when you look at agency structures, it's, I have people from overseas that are doing service delivery, and then I'm running the business or handling the clients, or you have, maybe you have somebody that is a, like a manager type, and then you're just like the owner, right? And then the flip side of that is that then there's the people that kind of preach your role is just going to be like generating leads for yourself, closing sales. And then you have these kind of stateside digital marketers that they can handle up to whatever. So you might pay somebody that's like, okay, you're going to get up to 10 clients. You're going to get up to 10 clients. You're going to get up to 10 clients. And neither one is you know right or wrong. It's just kind of a preference thing. And so I wanted to be a little bit more involved. And then I always assumed that if I wanted to like totally step out of it, that either I would be able to kind of promote somebody from within to kind of manage, or I would hire somebody to manage. And you've kind of seen that, like I mentioned, where I had Tega was kind of in that management role for a while, and then he left and I took over. And now Catherine is kind of stepping into that role. And if our client roster gets any bigger, I'll likely hire another media buyer and kind of have a little team, you know, or, you know, expand the team a little bit and step out. But um, yeah, any other questions with that? So you pretty much decided, or at least you've kind of driven your agency to be a little bit leaner, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just you, a couple people, but there are a lot of different ways to build out an agency. And you kind of touched on that here a little bit ago, but um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what you think are kind of the essential roles or like, what are the different things that you could, if somebody's listening to this and they want to build an agency and they're kind of deciding like, well, what do I need people to do? Or what, what are the different roles that happen within an agency? Can you talk a little bit about those and like how you one, what the, what the different roles are, you know, what you could bring people in to do. And then, you know, just different, maybe a couple different models that you've seen or, or the difference between like yours and maybe a bigger, you know, more overhead kind of laden agency. I think it'd be interesting to kind of talk about those things. Right. So the first thing is like when you're going from just a solo freelancer to your, your first hire, you're probably just hiring somebody to help share some of the workload, create some of the ads, do some of the reporting, you know, there's probably some busy work to kind of get off of your plate. And so that's that's kind of the starting point. And then eventually you can go from there and do, a, you know, a variety of different things. One thing I learned that Gary told me that I've thought was super helpful when I first was starting out was to hire in pairs. Even if you only need one person, hire two. And because eventually you will need two. But if one of them doesn't work out, your chances are one of them will. But then also when they're learning, like they have each other to kind of lean on and support each other and everything. So I think that's super helpful too. And then it just kind of comes down to figuring out like, what do you want to do in the business, right? Like how involved or not involved do you want to be? And my opinion of like the reason mine's changed so much is because the amount of involvement I do or don't want to have and the things I do and don't want to do have changed over time. And and I've had people come and go and that has an impact too. So I really look at an agency business as like, there's a couple of things. First, there's like determining the strategy for your clients. And eventually, if you're smart, you can do like we do and you can have a set strategy that works for a particular type of client. Like, you know, we can do the same thing for every gym. If we have a coach that's selling a product, like a specific type of coaching product over the phone, 
we can do the same system every time. If somebody's selling a, a course in a specific price range, we can do the same thing every time. And so that might be the extent of the strategy, or it might be more custom. And that's another thing you probably need to decide is like, are you going to be a very custom agency or are you going to do, we deliver this particular, and that's definitely the direction we went where we're providing the same solution to very specific people. So I don't just take any client because I'm trying to be more time efficient with it. And, and a lot of that had to do, I used to do more custom stuff before we started Laptop Empires. And sorry, y'all, my kids are just going crazy. It's just how it's going to be. Um, <laughs> those are happy screams though. Um, if you hear, I don't know how much you guys can hear it. Um, but so you got it. You got kind of, you have to figure out, you know, those things, what you want to, there's going to be this strategic person and that might be you, but there's that hat. Like what is the strategy for this client? And then that's also probably going to be like the analysis of the campaigns. What is working? What's not working and what steps need to be decided. Then you've got, kind of your media buying side, which is the advertiser, the person creating the ads. And that person doesn't necessarily have to know the strategy of like what this isn't working, what needs to be created next. You might, it might just be a role of like somebody decides this isn't working. We're doing this next and delivers that information to the media buyer. And then they create the ads without the the understanding of, of what, you know, why. Yeah. Um, and then there's, the service delivery side, which could be with media buying. And that could be things like reporting, creating funnels, any kind of editing, um, creating automations. Like there's all, whatever it is that you need to do to, to deliver the service. And I usually put media buying and service delivery like together, yeah. right? So our team, they're doing kind of everything. They need to be able to go from like no client to ads live. They can, we've trained them to do all of those tasks. But then you have to have copy for the ads. So somebody's got to write copy. Um, somebody's got to be the person facing the client. So doing the, you know, they're communicating with the client, letting them know how things are going, answering their questions, all of that kind of stuff. Kind of strategy, media buying, service delivery, copywriting. Um, so yeah, anyway, I think <laughs> I think that's it. I'm like trying to think here. Um, but so all of those things, these can be done by you or by other people. Right. And so I've done, you know, when I first started, it was like, I'm going to be talking to the client and I'm going to be writing the ads because nobody can write the ads the way I can. At least that's what I thought. And then I'm going to be doing the strategy and I'm just hiring people to create the ads, build the funnels, like do that kind of stuff. So I can look at it and say, okay, this needs to happen. Hey team, here's what needs to happen. And then they go off and create it while I go look at the next client and figure out what needs to happen for them. Eventually, I first discovered this when I was working with Alex. I realized that the thing that was taking me the most time was slowing us down was writing ads. I just didn't like writing ads. It wasn't something I wanted to do. And I had him, I had been training him to do the analysis for me. And I realized like, I actually liked looking at it and quickly saying, okay, this is what needs to happen. The strategic analysis part. I didn't write like the copy part. And he was becoming a copywriter and starting to get copywriting clients. He enjoyed that part. So we actually swapped roles before, <laughs> before I hired anyone else. And so then I was the client facing person, the strategic person, he was writing the copy and creating the ads. So he was the media buyer service delivery copywriter. And then eventually, you know, as it grew, it started to change. We brought on the service delivery teams. We brought on Catherine Gessie now, Catherine Eliza, and they were creating ads, doing the funnels, doing the reporting, all of that. I was doing the strategy and I had 
Alex doing copy. And then eventually that changed again to where I was the client communication person, but we had a person in place that was doing all of the analysis and strategy. We had a copywriter and then we had them doing media buying. Right. And there's been some form of that always. And so now, you know, kind of fast forwarding to today and we have Catherine is doing more of the analysis. I'm, we're kind of both doing that a little bit because I'm, you know, I'm trying to like give her more and more of that. And then I'm, but I'm writing the ads, right? And so I'm doing the copy again and Catherine and Liza are creating the ads and all of that. And when I went on vacation, I basically had a bunch of copy done and uh, written by a copywriter and left that with them and let her do the analysis and the changes, everything. And it went really smooth. And that kind of helped me realize like, where am I at now that like, if I want to kind of pull back a little bit, you know, where I had been more in recently, then I probably needed to get somebody to handle copy because that was the thing I needed to get off of my plate. And so I think now we're, once again, we're kind of, it's like, I might expand a little bit more. And I think if we were to have this conversation about the structure of my agency by the end of the year, I think it will probably be me talking to the clients, a copywriter, right? To, to send copy for the ads whenever it's needed with Catherine making strategic decisions about analyzing the accounts, what's, you know, what needs to be made with me there, just if she needs, has questions or needs an idea or needs help. And then her and Liza creating those ads or maybe having an, a, another media buyer, right? That, you know, she's kind of leading that small team of media buyers. So that's like what it could potentially look at like, and what I think it's going to look like, you know, but we'll see it all, everything it's constantly changing. And, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, that's my prediction though. And I think that that would be like a really good, um, a good place. The one thing I mentioned, um, that you could have somebody in place for client facing. That's one thing I've never given up. And it's because a lot of my clients have been working with for a lot of years. And so I had become friends with them and kind of want to continue communicating with them. But a lot of agencies use account managers, which is a person that is there to communicate with the client, but they're not the advertiser. And you and I have dealt with this, right? And so this person might be there, you know, like to talk to the client, let them know how campaigns are going, answer any questions they have, pass along any issues. But there's other people that are managing the ads and everything. And so if I wanted to fully like just be the CEO of the agency, I would need to put somebody in place like that to do that. And, but I don't know if I will, you know, I don't know if I'll ever do that. And we've had mixed experiences with that too. So yeah, I think you have to be careful if you do that. I've actually moved to that model um, with what I'm doing. Like Aaron, I don't know if I told actually, this mm -hmm. might be the first time I told you. So Aaron actually is my account manager right now. Mm. Um, and it's, Pretty awesome. Not going to lie to you because she does a great job. She talks to the client. I only have one client these days. We've been slowly phasing that business down, but like she handles everything because we do a lot for them. And I don't really talk to my client at all unless it's just to like talk about fun stuff or like just to kind of catch up and stuff like that. And then uh, Aaron handles the whole thing. And it's been really good. I mean, I think there could be drawbacks though. I think this worked really well because this particular client that we're doing this with, I've been with them for a long time. It was just a conversation of like, hey, I can't do all the stuff on my own anymore. You know, if we're going to do the, this many uh, different services for you and we're going to like really handle this much for your brand, you know, it can't be me digging around in the business anymore. It's got to be somebody else. And so that's worked really well. I don't know if that means that you should try it, but, <laughs> but I think it has been, uh, I ha it has been a good experience so far. Yeah. You know? I've 
always felt like that would be the very last thing that I would let go of. Yeah. Which is funny because like sometimes the client management is like the more frustrating, what can be one of the more frustrating aspects of an agency business. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you know that and you've had, you know, been a, uh, somebody for me to vent to about it. Yeah. <laughs> times, yeah. You know, um, but I just, you know, we've had experience before where we hired somebody for a particular service and there's like an account manager we're assigned to. And it can be frustrating because they don't know or they're not, you know, they're not, it's just not as personal. And I feel like that's one of the things we have like a smaller boutique agency. And so being able to, I think that that's a plus for my clients where they're, they're able to directly talk to me, you know, and I'm the one responding to their emails. And I don't know if I'll do that forever, but it's kind of the thing that I've held on to. And I think that it's maybe, you know, I think a lot of people would probably outsource that sooner. Yeah. Whereas I never have, but I've always kind of kept this lean, you know, I've grown my agency in the last, especially in the last three years since we started Laptop Empires, I haven't grown my agency by taking on more clients. I've grown my agency by charging more. And so, you know, even from December of 18 to December of 19, we cut our client roster in half, but still earned that had the same revenue. So I essentially, you know, doubled what I was charging as we were removing clients and bringing in new ones and, and had that roster turnover. So it, it, at the end of the day, it's just, it's really personal. You just have to know like, what do you enjoy doing? What do you want to do? Um, and uh, yeah, you go from there. Yeah. I think the biggest downside is probably just, you know, maybe not, the, well, yeah, margins really. I mean, it just, you make less money if you aren't going to grow your agency. Like if you're not going to like scale up or charge more or whatever, mm-hmm. you start bringing on more people, make less money, but it like frees up well, time. So it's an interesting yeah. And, and that's a tough thing too. You know, one of the things that I could do, I never went this route, but I know people that do, and I certainly could do it because we have this army of students and I'm sure some of them would be interested in it. But, you know, I know people that as they are bringing on clients, what they do is they find other digital marketers that don't necessarily like the business side of things and they bring them in for a cut. Yeah. Right. And so the idea would be, it might be something like, Hey, we're going to bring in a client. I'm going to give you this many clients to manage, and I'm going to give you 40% of whatever that monthly recurring amount is. And so it's like, you don't have to worry about generating new leads. You don't have to worry about overhead. You don't have, you know, for the, the tools we use, all you have to worry, you just, we give you the client and all you do is communicate with that person and run their ads yeah. and do those things. And so if you're, charging somebody, I mean, just think about it. If you're charging somebody, a client two grand and you're giving this person $800 to manage the client for you, you're keeping 1200 to essentially not, to not do the work. I mean, that, that can work. I know a lot of people that do that. I don't know. You're, you're, it's just, it's just a totally different, different way of doing it. And you have to be able to, if you're going to do that and you're going to withdraw that much, you have to really consistently be bringing in leads because you're going to have more turnover because that person may or may not be able to do as well as you do. You know, we have low turnover. You know, I've got clients that have been with me for five years, (laughs) you know? Um, And so that I don't have this huge pressure to constantly be bringing in clients. Yeah. Which is nice because I I feel like that's probably, I mean, for you, you've done a lot of the the group method, which we talk about a lot in the Mm -hmm. course and you have referrals coming in, but I know like, you know, client acquisition, it can be tedious, especially if you're like constantly having to feed the beast. So, I mean, if it was me and I was like trying to build an agency, I like a bigger agency, I would probably do it the way that you're doing it. 
that you've done it because I think the idea of like lean, mean team sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Rather than mm-hmm. like big team. So I don't know. That's just, but I guess there's so many different ways. I think we should probably at some point bring somebody in that has like a, a larger agency um, in terms of like team and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to talk about like kind of the differences and what the, the different like stresses are of, of like owning a, an agency where you have, yeah. to have a lot of overhead and, and constantly just want to hunt for clients. So, but yeah. yeah. It's just at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like, what is the stress that you want in your business? Yeah. Right. Because there's always something, you know, so it's, that's why I said, like, it's important to like, look at all of the pieces of the business and go, okay, what is the thing that you want to be focusing on and doing, you know? And so one of the benefits, the way that I'm doing it is like, I don't have to do a lot of sales calls or lead generation or those kind of things. And we focus on relationships. We focus on client retention and just delivering really great results. And it's really, it's more, I mean, I do essentially do amounts of certain amounts of coaching to help my clients be successful, or I connect them with people that can help them and and do those kind of things, which you wouldn't get from a normal, like big box agency kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, so it's, it it is, it's one of those things like, do you want to have like stresses of talking to clients? Do you want to have stresses of generating constant leads and worrying about constant turnover where clients are, you know, only stay for a couple months and then leave? Uh, Do you want to be managing a team yourself? Do you want other people to be in charge? Like there's a million ways to do it, just like there is with the blog. But, you know, you have to constantly be thinking about what is the work I want to do? What are the things I want to focus on? So I think the important part, if you're trying to build an agency and build a team and, and do all of this is like, you really have to look at all of the things that you're currently doing and saying, what are the ones that I like that are giving me energy? And what are the ones that I don't like, you know, I don't want to do. And that answer is going to be different for every single person, you know, and and I see this all the time with my clients when they're building teams, like maybe their coach, you know, and they have in their business where they are creating content, they're advertising, they're doing sales and they're doing coaching. And we talk to, you know, and then maybe they hire me to do the advertising. They still have those other pieces. And as they want to grow, we have this conversation around like, well, what do you want to be doing? Do you just want to be creating content and then you have a sales team and you have coaches that do the coaching for you? Do you want to do the coaching and then have content creators and a sales team? Do you really enjoy sales and you want someone else creating content, someone else doing the coaching? Like you can find that out of those pillars in your business. What's the one you want to do? Or you can even say, hey, I own this business, but I have a coach. I have a sales team. I have content creators like and to totally step back. And so I think it's just important when you're doing this, like, this is the thing I want to do. I really want to focus on and then slowly start outsourcing those other pieces and try different things, like find those different balances. You know, like I mentioned, when I was working with Alex, I thought I don't want to do the analysis. I'll just write the ads and talk to the clients. And then I quickly realized like, you know what? I don't want to write the ads, but I don't mind doing the analysis. And so we swapped roles Um, and you're going to, you're going to have that. It's going to be a learning, growing experience when you're building your agency team, for sure. And there's no reason you can't change it as you go. Yeah. I, I really think, like, as we wrap this up, I really feel like the biggest thing, maybe I didn't feel this way when I started working online, but I really feel like the biggest thing is, like, you just got to build whatever you're building to fit your lifestyle or whatever you want Absolutely. out of your life. I mean, if you, it's funny, the more money that I make and the more money the business does and all that stuff, like, the less, the, the less I actually care about, like, trying to generate as much money as possible. And I'm like, I really want just the right balance, you know, like the right balance between life and like, you know, spending time with family and kids and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what I really want. So, you know, it's just interesting. It just goes to show you can kind of do it any way you want with the, when it comes to an agency. 
the last question, which I think is probably the most important one, is uh, what kind of wine are you drinking tonight? What do you got? You got anything open? You know, I have no. It is three o'clock. I don't have anything open. No, I, from like last night. Not like not no, from like no. noon or something. Yeah. yeah, we're just we're just you know on a uh, sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon, ready to go. No, <laughs> I have no idea yet. I haven't gotten that far, but um, you know, it has been one of the crazier weeks I've had in a while. I've been working so much, so I'm um, and I've been working late, so. You know, I'm actually, I'm taking my son to Taekwondo this afternoon. Can you do that after drinking wine or is that? I got to drive. So I'll wait until after. But when I get back at eight o'clock, I'm going to sit down and read a book and drink some wine and probably have the kids watch a movie or something so I can chill. So I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know later. Cool. All right. right. Well, Well, thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today's episode. But before you go, I want to tell you about a couple of ways that Bobby and I can help you grow your online business. The first one, if you haven't actually started an online business yet and are looking for a way to start making money online, you got to check out our number one recommended side hustle, which is creating Facebook ads for other businesses. It pays incredibly well. It's a low time investment and it's incredibly high demand. It's also the quickest way we know how to build a six-figure income online. So check it out. We teach you all about it inside of our course. You can find out more about it in the show notes. Now, if you want to start a blog, you should check out our free blogging course. Bobby's put a lot of time into this. In over eight days, we're going to drip feed you with incredible information about how to start and grow your blog. Whether you don't have one yet or you have one and you really want to take it to the next level, this is a great resource for you. Check it out in the show notes. And finally, if you go to youtube.com slash laptop empires, that's our YouTube channel. We put out fantastic content every single week, helping you build, grow an online business. And we really get into the nitty gritty. Sometimes I'm sharing my screen. Sometimes we're teaching you. We have great interviews with other experts that we bring in. And I really think you're going to like it. And then, of course, you can listen to all the back episodes of this podcast where we bring in special guests and Bobby and I share all of our knowledge. All you got to do is subscribe to the channel, check out all the old episodes. We really appreciate you listening to the show every week and uh, really looking forward to talking to you again next week. See you then. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast.